0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Good afternoon
1: on a beautiful Thursday, and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined, as always, by... Producer G. Hey, Wiley. G., how are you doing on this glorious Thursday?
2: I mean, not only is it a glorious Thursday, Arash, it is Sweet 16 March Madness Thursday. Ah. I couldn't be more ecstatic. Couldn't be more ecstatic.
1: Yes. March Madness uh, live and affected. You were in Las Vegas for uh, the full week. I'm actually, (laughs) I'm heading back, but I'm not, for the first time, uh, G. Hey, I am not thrilled to go back. Uh, to Las Vegas because I am, uh, listen, I am thrilled that I'm going for my brother's bachelor party, but we were just both in Las Vegas for a week. So now um, after a couple days home, I'm heading back out there. But again, we'll touch on that shortly. We have a lot of headlines to get to. So let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circa Sports. (laughs)
2: The Lakers lost again last night, Arash, this time to the Philadelphia 76ers, 126 to 121 in L.A. at Crypto, at the Crypt. uh-huh. Um, But they le- led early and actually put up a good fight without LeBron James. The Lakers are now 31 and, 30, uh, 31 and 42, 11 games below 500, with just nine games left in the season. But are there any positives you can take away from this loss?
1: You know, the one positive that I can take from it is that they actually competed with LeBron James. I mean, LeBron James was playing so well recently that I that if you had told me that they were going to play the Sixers without LeBron James, I would have thought that would have been a 20-point game. So the fact that they led, the fact that, that it was a five-point game, um, I think that's positive. Again, really, uh, and you touched on it, 11 games below 500 GA. I mean, really hard to kind of look for silver linings with a team that's 11 games below 500 with just 9 games left but uh, you know listen when you look at the way that they played without LeBron James I think that that's a positive uh, but it really comes down to how they close out the season because it to be really important I think GA for them to figure out a way to keep uh, that 9 spot to have that game at home that play in tournament and put yourself in, in a position to be one win away from the postseason.
2: Yeah I mean uh... I guess to quote the great Mr. Tony Kornheiser, what are we doing here? <laughs> so talking about the Lakers, what are we doing here? Um, you know, yeah. I guess the one positive, if you you know, want to call it positive, is that they competed. But at the same time, they're still playing for a play-in. Arash, uh-huh. they're playing for. We're talking about a play-in. We're not even talking about playoffs. We're talking about a play-in to get to the playoffs, right? So I don't know how positive you can possibly be for this uh, for this W for them uh, it also just goes to show you that LeBron is not clattering or climbing for this uh, uh, th- this uh, scoring title or whatever you want to call it you know like trying yeah. to surpass and beat because if he really was he'd suck it up throughout and play last night and try to But I will tell
1: you this though G you know the scoring title because you bring up a good point so I do want to clarify something. The scoring title goes to most points per game so uh, it behooves LeBron James for example if he's not feeling well and he's going to be about less than 100% or he's not going to play the full game what would hurt him in winning the scoring title is if he were to play but only put up, let's say, 12 points. It helps him. He is still number one because, again, it's not total points scored. It's points per game. So he's still in a good spot right now.
2: I mean, I I think, like, either way, though, it would have been... I mean, this is LeBron James, and he's playing at his peak, you know? I I don't... Like, the mind is a powerful thing, and I still think that LeBron uh, would bring a lot to the table as far as that's concerned, though. So I... I don't know. I I want I want to say that like man he could have just he could have just killed it for this game as well. I mean they would have they probably actually would have won had LeBron been there because that's an extra twelve points. You know you're winning by what eleven or something like that, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it. I don't know. I I would have been okay with LeBron still playing even if he only had those points. I don't know. Whatever. Um, anyways, the Lakers are just a half game ahead of the New Orleans Pelicans for the ninth number ninth seed and home court in their play-in tournament game. The two teams face off on Sunday in Nallin's <laughs> as we like to call it. Um, Russell Westbrook said, it's going to be a playoff-type atmosphere for us because it's definitely a must-win, I believe, for our group. Do you believe Sunday is a must-win for the Lakers?
1: Uh, to quote the great G. Hay Wiley, they're all must-win. I mean, what the heck is he talking about? I mean, I mean they've been having must-win games... Uh, for a month now plus so yes it's a must win of course it goes without saying it won't be a playoff uh, atmosphere it'll be a play in atmosphere but no no listen this is a really big game for the Lakers um because they they need to host that game. They, they they can't be in a situation where they have to go on the road and again they're they're kind of lucky that probably they're gonna play the Clippers in the if they win. They're lucky in the sense that they're that their next in tournament game uh, would likely be against the Clippers. So again, that wouldn't be, the, you know, technically a road game because it would be on the Clippers' court, but really would not be a road game. But of course, gee, they're all must-wins. I mean, they have at least clinched a below 500 record. It, like, even if they win the rest of the game, this team will finish the season below 500. They've at least clinched that. Um, so, I mean, they they, they, they are fortunate That they are in a position where they played New Orleans twice to close out the season. They are in a position where they control their own destiny to host that 9-10 matchup. And then at that point, if you win that game, as bad as this season has been, and they may finish the season 10 or 11 games below 500, they would at that point be one win away from the playoffs.
2: Wait, so they'd be one win away from the the playoffs to get to the...
1: No, so if if they beat New Orleans in the 9-10 matchup, regardless of if that game is in Los Angeles or in New Orleans, if they win that game, they are one win away. Then they would play the, the loser of the Clippers-Wolves game. If they win that game, that one game, they advance to the first round of the tournament, which, again, would not happen to a team 10 games below 500. I mean, if this was two years ago, their season would be done.
2: Yeah, no, I mean... Again, this is why I love the play-in, so I'm okay with the play-in. Um, it's it's really just sad. I I personally think that uh, again, every game, uh, every game is a is a must-win. Every game is going to be a must-win for you, uh, for you to even be saying this, and for you to be saying it's a playoff type. I guess what you do, whatever you got to do, Russell, in order to you know hype yourself up. For this W to get the W, so that way you guys can make the playoffs, you know, whatever helps. Um, well, the Miami Heat are currently the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, but things got heated yesterday as Jimmy Butler and Udonis Haslam were shouting at each other. rash fingers pointed, and Heat coach Eric Spolstra slammed a clipboard to the floor in frustration. The Heat have lost two straight four of their last seven games. Will they finish as the number one seed?
1: I don't really think so. Uh, they are a game and a half up on the number one seed right now. Uh, so, but but listen, this is a bigger problem than just seeding. I mean, who cares if they're the number one seed and they have internal turmoil. This was really bad. You know, I mean, talking to some people who cover the heat, um, you know, they, they, they think that this has been happening for a while. Uh, most of this has been behind closed doors. You played ball GA, you know, things happen during the course of practice, but... Generally speaking, when you take the floor and you're in front of the cameras, you're in front of a sold out crowd like you don't do that. I mean, that was pretty heated. That was pretty. Uh, I had not seen something like that in quite some time on, uh, you know, a a court again, uh, you know, in front of a, a, a sold out crowd television cameras. Again, this is something that you kind of keep internally. And then you you kind of blow up in the locker room and you blow up in practice. Uh, not a great look. I, I don't think the Heat finishes the one seed. There's kind of like a log jam at the top of the conference right now. So, I mean, they're all separated by a game, a game and a half, two games. Um, I do like the Heat on paper, but man, that was a really bad look last
2: night. Yeah, I mean, I think that it, it's unfortunate, but this, this is also basketball. This is also passion. This might actually try and ignite them, you know, to do extraordinarily well come playoff time, right? Like, this is kind of what you would call a come-to-Jesus moment, I think, for all of these guys. Um, maybe hopefully helping them kind of just rally the troops and rally each other um, and, and and make it so that they can, I, I guess, yeah, just come together as one, come together as a unit, come together as um, a team. This might actually not be a bad thing, and I think a lot of people are looking at this like a, you no know, really bad thing. I think Spolstra even... Uh, tried to make light of it uh in some of his interviews as well. So, I mean, good on them that this hopefully this brings them together, it doesn't make them fall apart. Um it, it's bad that it was in public, right? You'd rather have something like this happen in the locker room where they get all mad with each other and they start like I, it sounds so horrible and I hate this expression, but sometimes guys just got to like they got to duke it out, right? Sometimes guys got to fight it out there and they did it there on the sidelines. So, hopefully this Helps them. It doesn't hurt them. Um, And as far as finishing in the number one seed. Yeah, I agree with you, Arash. I don't think that that's going to happen. But just because they're not, they don't finish as the number one seed. Doesn't mean that they're not going to vie for a championship. Well, New York will lift the city's COVID-19 vaccine mandate on athletes today, paving the way for Kyrie Irving to play at the Barclays Center on Sunday and for unvaccinated New York Yankees and Mets players to play in their April home openers. Is this a good thing?
1: Yeah, listen, I I, I know that there's people on both sides of the coin here, both sides of the topic, whether you want to be vaccinated or, or, or not. Quite frankly, full disclosure, I am of the mindset you should get vaccinated. That being said, we're at the point in the pandemic where uh, we, we have to move past this we have to turn the page and we've touched on this on the show by next month the mask mandate the federal mask mandate will be lifted in terms of having to wear a mask on planes trains uh you know, uh, like Uber, Lyft, and things like that. Yeah, uh, we you walk around Los Angeles, and we've been uh, the most conservative in terms of the mask. Uh, no one's checking vaccine status. No one is asking you to wear a mask. We need to turn the page. And in New York, I mean. It got to the point where the rule was so ridiculous that Kyrie was sitting courtside at a game next to the Nets bench, but could not play. So let's move on past this. Whether you think he should or should not be vaccinated really beyond is beyond the point right now. Um, we do need to uh, turn the page, and I do think by next month, which is when this will kind of take shape for a lot of the uh, players out there across all sports, this is a good thing.
2: It's definitely a good thing, but I think how convenient... <laughs> that, you know, for New York Yankees and Mets players, which that city is definitely owned by the Yankees. Let's get real. You know, if you've ever lived in New York or been to New York, it's a Yankee town. It ain't any other town. It's, you know, it, they live and die by and breathe by the Yankees, whether they're great or whether they're not. It's the equivalent of the Los Angeles Lakers over here in L.A. Um, so how convenient for the Yankees and the Mets players for baseball. But you know what? Logic is finally coming to fruition with New York right now. I thought it was ridiculous, and I'm of the mindset of like, you know what? You do you. I'm not going to persecute you if you want to get vaccinated. I'm not going to persecute you if you don't want to get vaccinated. Your body, your choice, you do whatever you got to do. Kyrie, I think it's ridiculous that they even made you wait this long. I think that, you know, you should have been playing from the get-go. The fact that you cannot play in your own your own arena, and then but you can play at Madison Square Garden makes... No sense, no sense whatsoever. Kudos to um, you for sticking it out this long. Uh, I thought Kyrie was insane prior to you know COVID and everything like that with this flat Earth thing. But you know what? Right now, he's he's ma- he's making everybody look ridiculously dumb. I don't know. I just I, I love Kyrie and what he's been doing for this. I know I'm not the majority of America, but um, yeah. I I think he's doing his thing. It's finally come to to, to fruition, and I think that he's doing this is great this is a good thing for all that are just unvaccinated and all that just wanted to have a choice for their bodies so kudos to him um I I hope it just all works out um in the end and it looks like it's going to well there has been more quarterback and superstar movement Arash than ever before in the NFL this offseason and we're still in March Leave it to the NFL. You have Tyreek Hill going to Miami, Devontae Adams going to the Raiders, Russell Wilson going to the Broncos, Matt Ryan going to the Indianapolis Colts, and Deshaun Watson going to the Browns, and the list just keeps going. Is this a good thing for the NFL?
1: You know, this reminds me of the National Basketball Association, the NBA, when you have Anthony Davis going to the Lakers and Kawhi and Paul George going to the Clippers, and you know Kevin Durant one of the. Nets Kyrie going to the Nets I mean there's so much big player movement in the NBA normally you don't see that in the NFL but I think this is good I I I hope it's not a regular occurrence I don't think it will be I think this is just such a unique uh summer and so I think we should appreciate it it's great for the league by the way I mean the reason that it's so good for the NBA when that happens is it makes it a year-round sport I mean the most exciting time of the year, arguably, for the NBA is July. That's when all the big name players have you know switch teams, uh big trades happen. Uh so I mean again it, it turns into a year-round sport. Uh again, generally we don't see that in the National Football League. But I, I think um, you know, we're we're just getting out of the pandemic now. I think a lot of teams are, are figuring out, listen, we're going all in to win this year or we need a cup bait and we need to rebuild right now so um this is unique we don't normally see it i don't i don't think at least i don't think this will be a regular occurrence but in the short term this is a, a blast this is fun to see all these big name players certainly big name quarterbacks changing teams so you wouldn't be okay with this happening every year well because i don't th- you know it, it's a little bit harder i think for a quarterback to learn the the, the playbook you know, and 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 take over for a team. So generally speaking, I don't see, I don't think we will see this type of quarterback movement moving forward. Now if we do, then I'm wrong and we'll see what happens. But it's a little bit different. I think for a quarterback to learn a new system, um, it takes time. And so I would be shocked if this is a regular occurrence where, where we see you know, a handful of franchise quarterbacks changing teams per year.
2: Yeah, I agree with you on the quarterback end of these contracts. But as far as you know, I guess this has happened since the dawn of time. But like, since as far as you know, your wide wide receivers, your running backs, your um, yeah, all your other position players outside the quarterback position, I think we're going to see a lot more uh, journeyman walk uh, going from contract to contract to contract maybe it's every four years maybe it's every three maybe it's a one-year deal you know like Oda buckham jr did with the rams and then making his way elsewhere uh, but this is not just a good thing for the nfl this is a great thing for the nfl you know why because we are talking about it right now and it's not even april <laughs> we're talking about it we should be talking about march madness we should be talking about the nba we should be talking about hockey we should be talking about spring training, but we're talking about football. And I think that that's what's so great about what is going on right now in the NFL. And um, on top of it, I think it's great that these players are they're getting theirs. Finally, uh, a league that, you know, uh, so many of these guys are complaining about money and n- not being where they want to be. And, you know, now they're, they have the ability to do that. So kudos to them. The Rams met with Bobby Wagner yesterday, speaking of know some people that could possibly be signed and they he could possibly sign with them today Wagner won a Super Bowl with the Seahawks and is an eight-time all-pro linebacker could he have the same impact on the Rams as Von Miller did Von Miller also did remember sign a six-year deal just recently, $120 million
1: contract with the Buffalo Bills. This would be a massive signing. I mean, when you look at uh, what Bobby Wagner has done in his career and what he did in Seattle, I mean, he is arguably on paper a better uh, player. And just when you just look at what he's done in his career, then Von, Von Miller, at the very least, you know, you could kind of flip a coin and say, you know, which linebacker has had the greater career. And I don't think you'd be far off if you sided with Wagner. Uh, so this this would be massive. For the Rams again, he has played in the same division, so he's very familiar with the Rams. He's very—I mean—goes without saying—he's very familiar with the Seahawks and Pete Carroll system, uh, you know, with San Francisco and the Cardinals. And so, uh, I mean, this would be a massive signing. And again, Bobby Wagner is from Los Angeles. I think he still obviously wants to compete for a championship. Not happy about the way things came to a close in Seattle. So, what better way to kind of get back at your former team than to join a divisional rival? You're going to play them twice and maybe, uh, you know, try to win another Super Bowl. So this is a massive signing. You know, when they lost out on Von Miller, and again, the Rams were not going to compete against a, a six-year $120 million contract. This would be massive. This would be a big signing for the Rams.
2: This just goes to show you we got to golf clap, Les Sneed. <laughs> we have to golf clap, Les Sneed. These decisions that he's making for this franchise to be in contention every single season is phenomenal. He is taking a page out of the Lakers book, and he's competing for today, and I love it. I love it. I love that he's keeping the team relevant, he's keeping the team viable, he's keeping the team, you know, he's keeping a winning tradition, and that's something I think that more GMs need to obviously be on, have their head on um, that swivel. So I Kudos to Lesni for, for trying to make this happen. Please make it happen. And I think, yeah, I, I think that he'll have something to play for, right?
1: Like- yeah, there's no doubt about that. And in the thing about the Rams and that you brought up, it is so big in Los Angeles to prove to the fans out there that you are going to compete. And so the Dodgers do that. It didn't work out this season for the Lakers, but those teams are always competing. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll talk more about the Lakers and the Rams with a good friend Nick Hamilton. When we come back right here on the mightier 1090 ESPN radio in Southern California and the fan in Las Vegas,
0: we'll be right back with the Arash Markazi show on the mightier 1090 ESPN radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
1: Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. All right, joining us now on the Circle Sports Guest Hotline, as he does every Thursday, our good friend Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you doing?
0: What's going on? Good people.
1: How are you? We are good, Nick. Uh, a lot to get into in the uh, sports world. Your uh, friend, Russell Westbrook, said it is a must-win. Must-win on Sunday, Nick. I mean, they are 11 games below 500, but I'm glad they finally have a must-win game uh, Sunday in New Orleans. All right, let's just say that they win that game. Let's just say they finish as the nine seed and host the Pelicans. Does that change how you view this team? Nope.
0: The <laughs> fact that the fact that you call this a must-win at what four fifths of the season, <laughs> this is a must-win at the at the eighty percent, ninety percent mark. This is a must-win. Okay, buddy, uh, your alarm clock is a wee bit slow. Number one, even if they do beat the Pelicans on Sunday, they still have to get through the gauntlet known as the play-in tournament. And Minnesota has been playing some really good ball as of late. Obviously, yeah. they, you know, the Phoenix Suns came to town. They are the top-tier team, but. For the most part, you're going to have to travel to Minnesota. I do not see them beating the Minnesota Timberwolves. I see the Minnesota Timberwolves actually getting that H.C. because they've actually been playing ball at the right time. We know the last time that the the Lakers and the T-Wolves linked up, we saw the result. Um, And so if that can continue, even if they do beat the Pelicans, big deal. So what? Even if you manage... To, and it's no guarantee they're going to beat the pelicans when it comes to the playing tournament at staples or whatever it's called now <laughs> um so no I don't i don't I don't trust Russell Westbrook and his so-called Nostradamus predictions no
1: Nick what have you thought in the National Football league generally speaking there's not a lot of a ton of big time superstar franchise quarterback movement But so far, over the past month, we've seen Tyreek Hill go to the Miami Dolphins. We've seen Devontae Adams go to the Raiders, Deshaun Watson, Cleveland, Russell uh, Wilson, Denver. When you go down the list, I mean, I I don't ever remember seeing, uh, you know, franchise players in these contract numbers. They are all either the biggest contract in NFL history or one of the top five contracts in league history. Your thoughts on what's happening in the National Football League right now?
0: Well, first of all, this is probably, Arash, this is one of the most exciting free agency periods we've seen in a long time in the NFL, probably within the last five or six years. Yeah. That I can recall there's been some seismic shifts when it comes to the NFL structure of teams, when you have actually major players actually moving divisions, moving, you know, whole conferences. Um, There's been a lot going on, as you mentioned. And in the, the Los Angeles Rams, who uh, have been relatively quiet. And we all know when the Rams are very quiet, that means something is brewing. Um, whether it's Bobby Wagner, which I know uh, Wednesday, they, they, they Bobby Wagner was in Los Angeles. He met with the Rams brass. Um, that seems to be very, very promising from what I've been hearing. Um, and then, like you said, Devontae Adams, you had Khalil Mack going to the Los Angeles Chargers, JC Jackson going to the Chargers. A uh, very good quarter. Um, you've had, you know, like you said, Deshaun Watson choosing football, Siberia, no Cleveland, which was absolutely astonishing to me. But again, if you look at that, that offensive line, I can't really blame him because Lord knows he was running for dear life in the future, in his future kids lives in Houston with that God awful offensive line. So I can't blame him on on that. Um, and then you, you talk about Tyreek Hill moving on because they were deadlocked. His agent in Kansas City Chiefs were deadlocked, uh, when it came to a new deal. And how much the Miami Dolphins had to give up for Tyreek Hill. Um, I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs are done. Uh, we, we still don't know the, the destination of Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Will he remain in Cleveland? Could he go to Kansas City and join Patrick Mahomes, boy? <laughs> uh, could he, you know, there's, I'm also concerned about where does OBJ fit in all of this? Because there's no guarantee that he's he wants to come back to the Los Angeles Rams. We spoke with Les Snead earlier in the week. Lesney seemed very promising that he was willing to do a deal uh, with Odell Beckham. But because of the injury and the structure of the numbers, that's the uh, that's the thing that seems to be a, a particular factor. But he didn't seem alarmed um, as far as a, a deal not getting done. But lo and behold, there isn't an, another team out there that could use the services of O.B.J. And that team could be the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh
1: listen, Nick, the, the, the one move that the Rams made that I'm not a big fan of, and I get it's a business decision, so I want you to explain this to me. Robert Woods, as you know, you covered the team, was so beloved, and even when he was out, uh, the impact he had on the offense, on Cooper Cup. I mean, he was one of the guys on the podium uh holding the trophy. He did the press conference. I mean, they 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 really made it a point. That that he was a part of this journey. I know they got Thalen Robinson. I know Cooper Cup is obviously coming back. I think Godel Beckham Jr. They would like to have him back. Why did they have to make the trade for Woods? And again, Robert Woods uh, has been traded to the Tennessee Titans.
0: Well, I think two reasons. One, I think obviously it was money. Yeah, um, he he was he was award, he was rewarded with money by a certain date, and they had to trade him before that date. Oil would count against their cap, uh, to my understanding. And so I know that was a, a reason about it. And then, two, him coming off an ACL injury. Now, that was a huge gut punch. Uh, a lot of fans were pissed off behind it, rightfully so, because Robert Woods is so beloved, not just because he's from Los Angeles, not just because we watched him grow before our eyes in Southern California. I was the former USC Trojan, um, and then I went on to the Buffalo Bills, and then coming back home to L.A., uh, And then, you know, ultimately helping his team get to winning a Super Bowl before he was unfortunately injured with that Achilles. Um, You know, I think it's just something, unfortunately, the nature of the business and the nature of the beast of the business and, you know, cap and not having, you know, draft picks to kind of maneuver. Um, I think the biggest Surprise! it was not the fact that he was just being traded but what they got in return for his his trade i mean they got a 2023 20, six round pick for mm. robert woods you mean to tell me you couldn't even scrape up a fourth round pick mm. for next year i mean and 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 i understand lesney as far as you know he's going to take that six rounder and package it up with something else mm. to package it with something else and a particular player maybe to trade for something better you know you never know. You know what things can be in the works. I mean, we, we when we saw, uh, uh, you know, when 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 Kenny uh, was traded to the Denver Broncos, people were like, "Why the hell Kenny was playing so well?" And then a month later, we get Von Miller. <laughs> you yeah. know, so w- there's always deals being worked out behind the scenes. Um, but I do think that this was definitely a huge gut punch because he was so well respected in the locker room. He helped create that culture that the Rams like to talk about so much. We saw the brotherhood and the love between um, we saw the love and, and brotherhood between uh, himself and, and Cooper Cup and how that dynamic shaped. Uh, so it's, it's definitely heart wrenching. But unfortunately, it's just the nature of the business. And that's why they were able to, to get an Allen Robinson later on, because Von Miller, walk, you know, was able to walk away. Uh, he chose a different deal. And that money that was allocated for Von Miller was able to be allocated towards Allen Robinson, who's someone they do need, who's a big body who can go up top uh, and create some space and some separation between defenders uh, and get Matthew Stafford some more time uh, to get the ball off. Nick, we're going
1: through spring training right now, and I think everyone's excited that we have spring training. We're going to have baseball. We're going to have a full 162-game season. Uh, I guess two-part question, Freddie Freeman, on the Dodgers, I mean, you talk about a team that uh, this is, they've had, they've had very, uh, they've had talented teams. Uh, this may be their most talented team. Your thoughts on the Dodgers going into this season, and Nick, are the Angels finally going to make it into the postseason and for the first time since 2009, maybe win a postseason game?
0: I'm going to start with the good news first. Let's talk <laughs> about the Dodgers. Well, listen, the Dodgers, I always said, are a starter away from, you know, they, they, I think they need another starter. Obviously, with the Trevor Bauer situation, we still don't know the dynamics of that because Major League Baseball continues to postpone uh, the inevitable, which is will he play or not? Um, but I think Freddie Freeman adds a huge boost to that lineup. We saw what Freddie Freeman can do. Obviously, we've seen bits and pieces of what he's done and just what he means to that locker room with Mookie Betts, Justin Turner, uh, guys like that that have been there. Uh, that wanted Freddie Freeman, Dave Roberts, who, who campaigned low key for Freddie Freeman, mm. um, said earlier that listen, we're looking with nothing but but World Series of Bust, basically, um, and so I'm looking at something that is to me I think the departure of Kenley Jansen definitely I think it kind of hurt them a little bit, but you have Blake training a uh, Blake training excuse me. Uh, I think you have some other guys that can rise above the ranks. Um, But I do think they need a starting pitcher. They can find some type of starting pitcher. I think they'll be complete from top to bottom. I think there's no team in the National League that can touch the Dodgers in that way. Although, I don't think they'll win 100 games this year.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: Um, And that's because of injury. And that's because, like I said, the lack of of a starting pitcher. Unless they can find a starting pitcher. Yeah. Uh, but still the injuries and then they play teams in their division, the Giants, the Rockies, the Padres, at least 76 times. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be very difficult. The Rockies and the Giants have upgraded, obviously. So that's going to be difficult. Um, but as far as the Angels are concerned, I, I look for the Angels to be slightly better this season. I hope that Mike Trout can remain healthy. As we know, Mike Trout, uh, Shohei Ohtani and Anthony Rendon have played a combined 17 games last year together so hopefully they can extend that and they can quadruple that to a point where they can get the angels into, into a wild card contention at least get them into the playoffs Now I do it though I think they'll win a playoff game depends on who they play and if the bats are hot at the right time
1: Last question for you, Nick. Uh, This is March Madness. And, you know, still bummed about USC, by the way, because I thought that they would have – I really did. I thought they would have the path that Miami had. I thought Auburn was overrated. I didn't think Auburn was that good. So I thought whoever won that game was going to go on to the Sweet 16. So can't do anything about those calls late. But UCLA is not only in the Sweet 16, Nick, Historical matchup against North Carolina Friday night in Philadelphia. Uh, UCLA uh, has won, what is it, 12 national championships. Uh, North Carolina's won seven. I mean, it, it just two of them are storied programs. Uh, your thoughts on this matchup and can UCLA not only get to the Elite Eight, but perhaps for the second straight year back to the Final Four?
0: See, I'm torn, Arash. First yeah, of all, so- USC been the same since Snoop kicked down the building. In other words, <laughs> UCLA, when they put that whipping on them in the last game of the, of the regular season, they haven't been the same since that. Yeah. Uh, so I knew USC was, was shakier than California Earthquake. But when you look at the <laughs> UCLA Bruins, I think this is probably going to be a very tough matchup between them and North Carolina. I'm torn because you know I love Carolina, man. You know I love Old Tobacco Road. You know uh. I love Carolina. <laughs> I, but it's all right. I mean, you know, that's the hatred it shows how great that team really is. So thank you, G. for the hatred, all in the But you know, I think this is going to be a very tough test for the UCLA Bruins. I think they have to play very sound basketball. They can't turn the ball over excessively. Um, I think they're they're a team where uh, you know they have to be focused. And uh, I think Tiger is going to definitely have to have to be in the driver's seat once again. Um, and I think if they beat North Carolina. Um, they can definitely get to the Final Four once again. I think Mick Cronin has done an excellent job getting his guys settled in. There have been some shaky points, obviously, early on in the tournament. Um, obviously, a couple of injuries that, that that you know, is going to be costly down the stretch for them as far as players not being able to be available. But I think overall, I think this UCLA team is very disciplined. Uh, I think they're more focused now, and I think they know what's ahead of them. It's only going to get tougher from here. Um, and if they can they can get through it, grind it out. It's going to be a grind. It's not going to, I don't see any, I don't foresee any blowouts. Right. Yeah. But I do believe it's going to be a grind out, but I do believe there are a team that can grind it out and get back to the final four. And then it's, you know, it's a coin flip. Uh, Depends on who you end up getting in the final four, where it becomes a point um, if you can, you know, make it happen or not.
1: Nick real real quick before I let you go, because you cover literally everything I, have, I, I was telling uh, someone, I have not been to the movie theaters in two years. I was trying to keep up. The Academy Awards on Sunday, I, I know you'll be a part of some red carpet event, something, somewhere. Uh, what should I look for? I mean, Again, again I, haven't, I have not been inside of a movie theater in two years.
0: Definitely. I'm personally pulling for King Richard. I'm pulling for Will Smith yeah. to finally get his first Oscar. I think this is his time. Um, I love Coda. I got a chance to watch that movie. Uh, I thought it was sensational just to have the the the, the hearing impaired actors be a part of just, just something different yeah um, and I think that's the uniqueness that we found in that movie I think that's why people really are attracted to it besides it being a good story I think it's just the uniqueness of it all just having hearing impaired actors actually really doing a really good job um so I, I'm looking forward to the presenters beyonce um, uh, should be performing um. You know, so that's that's gonna be awesome. She obviously see me presenting, so that's gonna be awesome. Um, I'm just looking forward to the, the Oscars this year. I'm really, yeah. I think it's gonna be a good Oscar show. Um, I'm looking forward to just being an atmosphere, and uh, you know, hopefully I can, I can catch up with a couple of good parties, man. In the meantime, <laughs> between, uh, I'm trying to be like a Ross Marquise with these parties.
1: Please, if I if I know Nick at the Super Bowl, you are at literally every party. So I look forward to you being at the Vanity Fair, uh, Melton John, Wolfgang Puck's bagel. I mean, I have no idea what all the parties are. Uh, but Nick, you're the best. Thanks so much again, and have fun this weekend.
0: Thank you, sir. Thank you again for having me. Appreciate oh. it.
1: All right, that is Nick Hamilton joining us on the uh, Circus Sports Guest Hotline again. Academy Award uh, Sunday here. Uh, I, I, I was driving past the, a movie theater and I was like, I I don't think I've walked into one in two years. Gee, when was the last time you went to the movies? You know what? Dune
2: was the last movie that I watched, um, which visually stunning. Uh, it definitely made up for it's horrible 1980s. Uh, performance. Uh, back in the yeah. day, but yeah, that was the last one I saw, and that had to be months ago. So it's probably okay. The, so yeah. you've
1: seen one since since because I have not gone since the pandemic. It's so convenient though, you know, watching it on uh, Netflix, Hulu. You know, not quite the same. Like if I'm gonna go see a blockbuster, I, I kind of still want that. You know, the big picture and the sound quality and all that stuff. Um, I would I tell you, Gia, I I have no idea who's up for any awards i mean you know pop culture very well well mostly bravo not (laughs) (laughs) are you are you familiar with any of these movies or anything that's up for an academy award
2: you know i'm not gonna lie to you i haven't even looked um i can do a really quick one right now but i have seen uh, the king
1: because the only reason it comes up is because you know nick is normally with us for the entire segment but he is actually and i'm not even joking i mean he is doing academy award stuff i mean nick not only covers sports, he covers red carpets, movies, and uh, things like that. And I, you could list the names of these movies. And I've probably, of course, just because of uh, the commercials on TV, I've probably heard of them. I I, I haven't seen any.
2: A hundred percent. Well, I am looking up right now the Oscar nominations by category. Uh, Best Picture, Dune, is actually up for Best Picture so congratulations yeah. to Dune for that uh, nomination. I hope you get it because it was a phenomenal movie. It was very, very well done. I can't wait for the rest of, and the second part of Dune is co- is hopefully coming up soon as well. So that, uh, yeah, that it was a phenomenal movie. I'm just, I'm not going to lie. I, I was very, very impressed. Um, I I think that there needed to be more, uh, there needed to be more when the, it comes to that movie, but I'm still, I'm still yeah. super psyched to, um, uh, that they got that nomination. Um, I can keep scrolling down. I'm not.
1: Uh... No, I mean, but you know, I, I guess like the larger point is like I, I think I'm not alone. I think a lot of people out there, you know, whether it's because of the pandemic or whether, quite frankly, a lot of movie theaters, uh, you know, near them closed down. Um, again, haven't have like haven't actually gone physically to a movie theater uh, since the pandemic started. And I am not against it. I would be down. Uh, you know, to go at some point. But yeah, just um, so much more convenient. And I think what the pandemic did, it like expedited where a lot of people are going in terms of their uh, viewing habits, right? And so I think when it comes to, you know, consuming uh, film and movie and things like that, I think we, we generally, you know, we're back home, we're watching Netflix, Hulu, Peacock, whatnot. So um, I will be tuning into the Academy Awards mainly cuz like I like the show itself. You know uh, uh Nick mentioned Beyonce is performing so that's always a good time. Who's hosting GA I, I don't know if uh they still have a host for these award shows anymore. I, I don't know if uh you have that in front of you but you know Robert, I think I think wasn't Kevin Hart supposed to do it and he had they uncovered something he had said like 10 years ago and so he couldn't do it and so they had it without a host or something like that just a lot going on. Yeah,
2: no, the um the host is actually supposed to be um oh shoot. There it's it's three women. It's Amy Schumer. Ah, and all right. yeah, it's it's three women. It's Amy Schumer and then like another comic. So yeah, it's uh it it should be fun. Let's let's hope. especially since they didn't have a host um the last maybe three years, I think.
1: Well, yeah, well, definitely, like, last year was kind of weird. All right, well, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Dharaj Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy.
0: This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend now a ghost in the dark? Hard part about a brother got smoked by a fiend. to loss on a blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson, court cases keep him guessing.